0: Hey everybody, welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, another special edition on the road uh, in a hotel. I am once again uh, hanging out on a a real work sort of island here, uh, so in New Mexico currently, and this time not waiting for room service, but just between some sessions uh, that I had going on. So, uh, glad everybody could join us coming off the LA Galaxy's 2-0 win over... The Vancouver Whitecaps up on the road, the first three points on the road for the LA Galaxy also means that they are now, uh, have won three in a row. So a a big deal for the LA Galaxy, a great win, and a superb second half as we're certainly going to talk about a little bit here. Obviously with me on the road, no Mr. Kevin Baxter this time. Kevin will be back next Monday as I I should actually be in town for that. So don't want you to get uh, too comfortable without him, but we're going to progress through this particular game. Uh, and I'll give you some of the highlights that I saw and some of the, the question marks maybe it asks or, or, or maybe it answers um, whenever we look at this. The, the big news here, obviously, was the lineup stayed almost entirely the same, except for one very important part. Uh, Diego Polenta not in the starting lineup, Absolutely. Not in the 18-man lineup, whenever you look at it. Uh, Dave Romney taking over his center-back position. So if you were wondering whether or not uh, Shelvik was going to be there on the left-hand side whenever, uh, whenever R- Dave Romney would be playing and whether Shelvick would move back to the center and partner with Steris, uh, Guillermo barros gave you the answer. And, and quite honestly, it's the right answer right now because it changes as little as possible as the, the Galaxy really want. Uh, Diego Polenta picking up an injury in the middle of the week, uh, apparently an abductor strain. And so uh, he was not available to come up to the game. And so uh, we should hear more on his availability as we get closer to the LA Galaxy playing Philadelphia Union on uh, Saturday night. So just sort of keep an eye on his health and his status as we go forward here. But really, it was a lineup that you expected from the LA Galaxy outside of Polenta. Um, you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic making his, uh, his second ever start on turf. Some people were saying it was the first. No. He played in Minnesota last year. We remember that. And that's the worst turf in the league. And it's now gone. Uh, but uh, Zlatan getting the start here against the Vancouver Whitecaps um, on the carpet there. Um, so it was something to sort of watch and see how it goes. And then it was also interesting to see what Guillermo Barros Schelotto was going to do with the rest of the lineup. So you had Uriel and Tuna on the left-hand side, Sebastian Lejet in the center, Roman Alessandrini returning on the right-hand side, uh, Joe Corona and Jonathan Dos Santos back in that midfield position. Uh, and then you had Shelvick, Romney, Starez, and Felcher with David Bingham in the back. And very rarely do you ever get to analyze a game that turns so clearly and so quickly on a single play? Uh, And that's exactly what happened in this game. And we can all agree that if this particular play didn't happen the way that it happened, um, that you would have seen something Uh, completely different from the LA Galaxy and and the Vancouver Whitecaps. This would have been a different game. But, of course, we're talking about the very opening minute, 48 seconds into the match. uh, Jorgen Shelvik slips a little bit as he's going uh, to try and cover a Vancouver Whitecap player who had penetrated into the box. Um, He slipped. He recovered. He goes after the ball sort of haphazardly. Uh, You can call it a soft penalty. It certainly was. I think it was soft. It, it's still a clear penalty in my mind. Um, Shelvik already in a poor position, so he's not going to get any, uh, any sort of benefit of the doubt from Baldomero Toledo, uh, who was the referee of this match. He, Toledo wasn't going to bail out Shelvik on this. There was no way. And so Shelvik comes in um, and, uh, and knocks player down, and quickly there's a point to the spot. So this is what you have. You have uh, the left back for Vancouver Whitecaps. We talked about him, Ali Adnan, who had been a real um, good player for them in their their last couple of games. Remember, this is the same team who played against the Seattle Sounders, who are one of, I believe, the unbeatens in the Western Conference. Um, And they played the Seattle Sounders up in Vancouver last week, and they got a draw out of it, a 0-0 draw. So um, you look at that game and Ali Adnan and how he played and he played very well with it. So it was one of those things you looked at and you said, okay, Ali Adnan, he, he gets it. He's there. Um, he's one of these guys. Well, he's the one who comes up and takes the penalty kick. Um, and I'm imagining with all of his bravado that was certainly behind this, he was looking for a, a quick strike and, and something that, you know, really he could have uh, led this Vancouver team to a one nothing lead on. Uh, instead, he goes after the Panenka um, and the ball. He hits it so horribly. This may be one of the b- worst Penenka's worst penalty kicks I've ever seen. Um, the ball doesn't even make it to the goal line. Uh, David Bingham dives to his left here. Uh, and that's something that's important to sort of point out. Bingham dives to his left. He's already moving that direction by the time that uh, Adnan hits this ball. And this little chip that he hits, this little soft sort of tug on it. Uh, maybe his foot gets caught on the turf, however it goes. But Bingham is moving to his left. He has enough time to stop his momentum crawl back to the right and stop that ball from going over the line and it's still six inches from the line. And all he had to do was basically just get in front of it. It w- wasn't hit with anything. It was supposed to be, you know, this little chip down the middle. And usually if you do those dinks, you're still trying to dink it, you know, over the goal line um, with the spin on it. And however it happened, it, it was a save from David Bingham. If Aliadna comes in there and you could see Mark Dos Santos, uh, the, the coach of the Vancouver Whitecaps, just shaking his head and, and sort of, you know, this is the danger of, of the Penangas. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic said afterwards, he goes, yeah, I, I felt sorry for the player. Um, and you could understand, he goes, and he goes, let me, let me make, let me make it clear. And I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, let me make it clear. He goes, I was still happy that he missed. He goes, but in that situation, you, you feel a little bad for him. Um, and I think anybody who watches that is a little embarrassed for Ali Adnan. Um, you go in and you try to pull off something that is, uh, supposed to show your technique and your touch and you come away with egg on your face and you come away with the LA galaxy really taking a lot of momentum for that. Now the first half is not one that the LA galaxy are ever going to want to repeat, um, it's just not. They were outshot. Um, they were outpossessed. They really were a team that was on their back heels for most of that first half until you get until maybe the last, you know, 15, maybe, maybe the last 10 minutes of that half. Um, the Galaxy started to come on a little bit better. Uh, but you saw a Galaxy team that was bailed out by David Bingham. I mean, I think Bingham had uh, four saves on the night. Uh, two of those were probably really good saves. Um, whenever you look at it, oh, he had five saves. Excuse me, five saves. I always miss the one. Uh, he had five saves on the night. Uh, you know, two or three of those are really good saves. I mean, David Bingham had the, one of the better games of his LA Galaxy career, flat out. Uh, there's there's really no denying it. And in fact, if you're going to ask for a man in the match, I'm going to give you David Bingham. He's going to be that guy. He had to make one save in the second half. He made it, and, and that was it. And we'll talk about how good the LA Galaxy were in the second half, but let's talk about the pl- problems that plagued the LA Galaxy. First... In the first half. And, and really, there was so much space between, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos and Joe Corona and the back line, and that was Dave Romney, and it was Daniel Stares. Um, there was just too much space there. Add to that that the pairing of Romney and 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 Shelvick over on the left-hand side was not coming off very well in the opening seconds. I mean, that's what led to the penalty kick. And people want to say that Jorgen Shelvick had a horrible game. He, he didn't have a great game. Um, I'm not going to say that he had a horrible game. He actually made some good defensive stops. He is going to be put in positions, and you have to understand this very clearly. Uh, both him, Rolf Felcher, and Jorgen Schellberg are going to be put in positions where they have to press high up on the field because Guillermo likes them to get around and involved into that attacking third. So you're going to see that movement, and you're going to see that press forward. Um, whether or not you know Felcher then has the ability to come back and and, and track back is, is really a sort of... A, a, a relationship to how quickly the LA galaxy can pressure the ball, try to get the ball back and, and really how quickly the LA galaxy can get back in a shape that allows them to defend. And I thought for the most part that the galaxy did a really good job. I mean, look at this, this is a shutout for the LA galaxy. Uh, The last time, by the way, that they had a shutout was also against Vancouver, um, which is, which is always an interesting uh, sort of, you know, play on this, but it was against Vancouver in a three, nothing victory at home on uh, September 29th of 2018. So, Clearly, Vancouver, not a great team. And I think if you're taking anything from the LA Galaxy start so far, you can say, okay, they haven't really beat any good teams yet. Uh, the one quote-unquote good team that they played was Dallas, and Dallas beat them. Um, but there is some momentum and there is some you know historic nature sort of to what the LA Galaxy are trying to do right now in 2019. And you can only play the games that are placed in front of you. Um, and so I think if you're looking at that from from that point of view, you have to be pretty happy with how the LA Galaxy have started. But going back to Felcher, or not Felcher, but Shelvick, um, it's all about getting back in a good position on the recovery. And he's going to get burned on the left-hand side. Uh, it's going to happen. There are... There are there are attackers that are faster than him. It's more about positioning than it is speed, though. You can't say that Felcher or that Shelvik. Why do I keep? I'll figure it out. You can't keep saying Shelvik is slow. He's not slow. Um, we've seen him run. He's probably one of the faster players on the team, actually. So he's not slow, but it's about positioning. And so people were saying, you know, I I think the best line was that Shelvick really needs to step up his game. And I would say, no, he needs to step back his game. You want to see Shelvick defending from a little bit deeper position than where he was, but he's also an integral part of this offense. Um, You want to see him getting forward. You want to see him moving forward um, and getting involved and tucking on the inside of Antuna and then the outside of Antuna, making it unpredictable. You want to see all of those things. And if you're not seeing that from Shelvick, um, then you're really reducing his ability to uh, affect the game in any sort of positive way. He needs to be a guy who can be uh, on both sides of the ball. He needs to be a guy who can move forward. Uh, he needs a guy who can be moving back. And that may occasionally mean that he's going to be out of position. He hasn't been great. And again, he didn't have a great game. Uh, he didn't have a good game. He didn't have a horrible game either. He had a not so good game. Uh, and certainly the pairing between him and Romney um, had an issue with that. I'll, I'll say that Vancouver also had a lot of room in the midfield in that first half. Um, and I think as you look at the first half and, and where the breakdowns were, and certainly on defense and and with uh, Bingham coming up big on those, um, you have to sort of look at the midfield again and how much space there was. You have to credit the LA Galaxy. You have to credit Guillermo Berescaloto in looking at the this the second half and making adjustments. Because what you saw was... An LA Galaxy midfield that dominated the rest of the game. Um, you saw an LA Galaxy team that dominated the rest of the game. You saw a team that was able to pass and move and open up space pretty much at will for Vancouver. I mean, the Galaxy got two goals. Should have had a third. Zlatan also scored. A um, uh, scored one that was was called back that shouldn't have been called back. He was onside. Um, and how VAR gets that wrong, I can explain all, all sorts of things. I think I'll save it for another podcast to sort of explain how VAR quote unquote gets it wrong in that sense. And that makes sense. Um, and it all has to do with what the original call on the field was and whether or not there is enough evidence to sort of overturn that call. Um, but it's getting to the point where clear and obvious, maybe clear and obvious to everyone who's watching it, but not the referee who is trying to make that VAR call. And that clear and obvious threshold changes with every single referee. That's the biggest problem. You think that, You think that clear and obvious is a good description of how you'd want referees to ref these games. In my opinion, it gives them way too much latitude to determine what is clear and obvious according to them. Some referees are going to be like, yeah, I can't tell whether he's offside. He looks really close. And certainly you have to understand there are angles at play here, um, a whole bunch of things. I mean, it's one of the reasons that offside modeling... um, On Twitter, it's one of the reasons that that account is so popular is that building a 3D model of the field from the photos that are taken and being able to project a line that then uh, is able to measure where players are, um, you know, that's something that VAR needs. And the technology is there and that needs to be implemented because you've seen, I think it was in Italy or something like that, where the the guys are holding up a, a piece of paper on the line. You can't do that. There's lens, there's lens curvature, there's angles, there's all sorts of things. So when it's really that close, what it comes down to is how close is it? Am I sure that he is on side? He looks on side, it looks pretty good, but is the angle fooling me from where I'm seeing it? And did and you have to remember the original call here really is very, very important. The original call here is that he was offside. All right, now how the referee determines that he is offside from what he saw in that particular moment. Is sort of where this goes screwy if it's that close which it clearly was that close the referee can't raise his flag on that Um, and that's where this gets because if he keeps his flag down that goal counts all right so anyway I know I said I wasn't gonna explain it but that's sort of where it is you you have to understand there is lens distortion there's angle distortion there's the fact that the lines that were raked into the synthetic surface there at BC place may not have been perfectly straight So that's also a distortion issue that you could have. Looking at all those things, it's very difficult sometimes from video to determine those things. But by saying that there is this threshold that is clear and obvious, the only thing that is clear and obvious about clear and obvious is that it's not clear and obvious. Um, There's too much leeway in there. There's too much gray area for a referee to be like, nah, I don't want to touch that. I'm going to let it go. Um, And in this particular case, it cost a lot on Ibrahimovic a goal and he even commented and he said I had one stolen from me and he was right. He absolutely was right. Um, And again, I think that there needs to be a 3D model brought into play on these, and I don't think it's that difficult to do. If they can put a yellow first down line in the NFL, um, then they can certainly string a line that is perpendicular to the last player or the second to last player um, from the goal, and you can draw that line and then you can tell whether or not somebody's there. There should be no reason, quite honestly, that there isn't there. And, And soccer has enough money in it worldwide that that should be a priority for everybody. That's just my little thing. But the big thing that you have to see here is that Dan Stares gets a goal again. Again, Dan Stares and Zlatan Ibrahimović going uh, neck and neck in terms of the, um, the golden boot that you have seen so far. Dan Stares with his, uh, his second goal of the season. So a, a guy who is, uh, who's playing a little lights out and the guy who we have told you about uh, is most likely to be replaced. Whenever you look at who's coming in for the LA galaxy and Giancarlo Gonzalez. And again, I'm, you know, as, as I have been sort of away from social media and tracking down some of these things right now, there's still this anticipation that Giancarlo Gonzalez is going to be on the LA galaxy and that he will then of course take, um, you know, Daniel Starr spot. Totally unfair. Totally unfair. Also it's, uh, that's life. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's soccer. It's a game. Um, And when you look at all these things, you're going to say, okay, if they're going to bring somebody in, then who's he going to play for? Then Giancarlo Gonzalez um, is going to come in for Daniel Steris. And again, not fair, but uh, it's something that's certainly – You can understand. Uh, Dan Stairs with two goals, Zlatan Ibrahimovic with four goals. Uh, Zlatan would get his second um, to sort of uh, extend the lead, and it was a great job, uh, I think, assist from from Rolf Felcher there as it came in on the right-hand side, and Zlatan was able to bring it down and body guys. And he talked afterwards about how he goes, maybe they got a little too relaxed Um, in terms of the defending. They thought that they had him. And there certainly were a lot of guys crowding him early on. Uh, they gave him too much room, and, they, and he punished him. And that's going to be the story throughout the year. If you give Zlatan Ibrahimovic too much room, he's going to punish you. This is this is not something new. Um, the same probably goes with Wayne Rooney. The same thing probably goes with Carlos Vela. Um, it goes with all the top goal scorers, but even more so with Zlatan with how physical he can be um, and and what he can do uh, to opposing defenses. And you saw Vancouver slack off a little bit, and it was coming. You could feel it building. Again, the second half was so good from the LA Galaxy. You want to see a team adjust on the road. Um, I tweeted it out somewhere about halfway through uh, or actually probably whenever the uh, the last goal had been scored um, by the Galaxy. 71 minutes. I said the Galaxy should absolutely close this out. Two to nothing. There should be no goals. You know why? There's a bunch of reasons. Well, there's at least two reasons. One is... Because they have the talent to be able to close it out. And two, with their quick passing through the midfield, there's no reason that Vancouver really should have had much of a shot there towards the end. Yes, they got some shots off at the end. Yes, David Bingham had to make one save in the second half. That's fine. But really, you saw a Vancouver team that is not as talented. Uh, You saw a Vancouver team that is not as developed right now as the LA Galaxy. You saw a Vancouver team that struggled to contain an LA Galaxy team. And if you're looking for comparisons, um, that was not the case with Seattle. Uh, Seattle and uh, Seattle should have won that game clearly, they, I think they got a little unlucky but they, the fact is that they didn't score the goals, uh, they didn't pull it off and Vancouver had chances to win that Seattle game multiple times as well I think that if you look in the first half you could say that Vancouver you know, had some chances um, and had some good chances and, and David Bingham really did a, a great job on a lot of this, to come out of his box, to make saves. Uh, David Bingham is exactly the goalkeeper the Galaxy need right now. Thinking about replacing him is one of those things that it's a waste in in manpower and time whenever you start to think about it. It doesn't make sense because you already have a guy who's being paid probably a significant amount of money that is going to come in here and, and really still do a great job for the LA Galaxy. And I, So I think that if you're looking at that and you're trying to see where he's at and his understanding of where things are and how he goes about his game, you can't fault david bingham for anything right now um david bingham has been ridiculously good for the la galaxy through these first five games uh so the la galaxy you know did a great job jonathan Santos again joe corona again sebastian legette was fine uh romano alessandrini he's a guy who sort of continues to be rusty he's a guy who continues to struggle a little bit and granted he's still coming off of a uh uh, a, a an, an injury. Um, and so this was a second game back, but you like to see him out there. Uh, this is a guy who is more than capable of providing some offense, and you saw him take some shots. Um, I had no problems with any of that. He went 82 minutes in this game. Uh, LA Galaxy, did a really good job, and Guillermo Barascolato did a good job, of forcing Vancouver to make their changes first. Vancouver made it in the 59th, the 66th, and the 74th. Galaxy still hadn't even made a change yet. Uh, finally brought on Chris Pranius for Roman journey in the 82nd, and then Ima Boateng two minutes later, and then four minutes later, you had um, Didi Chirare making his MLS debut for Jorgen Shelvick. And so, looking at those substitutions, I, you know, I liked it. I think that there were people who were thinking that Zlatan was going to get pulled off, and if you're playing the smart play, if you're using this as terms of, hey, I probably don't need a 37-year-old guy out there on a surgically repaired knee running around on turf forever. The part of this you don't understand is you're not going to sub Zlatan unless you have, you know, a six-goal lead um, and he's already scored five. Uh, for a guy who wants to score goals and who wants to set records, you're not pulling him off. And quite honestly, Guillermo Gar- Gar- baros probably doesn't have the power to pull Zlatan off unless he, he really, <laughs> unless Zlatan wants to come off. And that's okay because he's the captain, because he's out there. Um, so I, I think when you look at Zlatan and what he's able to do and how he was able to, and, and he didn't look like there was any issues. Um, I didn't see him look like there was any issues. He got kicked a couple times. That's, that's sort of the rough, rough part of the game for him, and he knows that. So for me, I mean, you, you again, look at the LA Galaxy, you look at the, the second half that they had, and you have to be impressed with what they were able to do. I mean, really, they shut down Vancouver in the second half, and that was after a Vancouver team probably should have scored some goals in the first half. Learning from the stakes, making adjustments. If, we're learned, if we've are if we learned anything so far from Guillermo versus Coloto, it seems that he can make halftime adjustments and really have the Galaxy come out and, and play better. No, it wasn't a, a Minnesota win. Uh, it was better probably than a Portland win, uh, but this game on the road, getting three points, that's that's huge. And when you look at the Western Conference standings, the Galaxy needed three points, which is crazy. You're like, okay, it's early, you know, how, sort of where does it sit? The the top team in the league right now is LAFC at 16 points. Seattle has 13 points. The LA Galaxy at 12 points. Imagine the Galaxy get one point from that, and they only have 11 points. Yes, they're still in third place, and you're starting to see some shuffles, but With the points per game as strong as it is right now for the LA Galaxy, they're looking pretty good. In fact, if you adjusted for points per game right now, the LA Galaxy would drop down to fourth in the Western Conference. Houston Dynamo would jump up. Houston's only played four games. Galaxy had played five games. And Los Angeles uh, and LAFC has played six games. Six games and a 2.67 points per game average. Uh, Seattle at 2.6 and five games. The LA Galaxy at 2.4 points per game and five games played. And the Houston Dynamo, 2.5 points per game and four games played. So out of everybody in the Western Conference, you have two teams, three teams that have played six games, four teams that have played six games now. Uh, Real Salt Lake has played six, Colorado Rapids have played six, LAFC has played six, and FC Dallas has played six. Um, So if you look at where the LA Galaxy stand right now, not only do they have more points than FC Dallas, who lost to... Orlando, yes, in a crazy game. Um, not only do you have FC Dallas dropping points and the LA Galaxy stepping up, it was a points-gained week. Um, so you look at that and you say, yes, that's what you expected from the LA Galaxy. 3-0-0 at home right now, 1-1 and on the road. That Those are not horrible stats through five games. In fact, they're rather historic stats through five games. Uh, the LA Galaxy have been ridiculously good. In fact, the only team I think that has gone through the first five games perfect was in 1996 where they had 15 points. Uh, In 98, they had 13 points. In 2010, they had 13 points. The LA Galaxy sitting at 12 points right now means that they are tied for the fourth best start ever in LA Galaxy history. Uh, 2005 also had 13 points. So, When you look at what the LA Galaxy, this 2019 team has done. And somebody said, well, yeah, but look at who they played. Listen, over 24 seasons, I can guarantee you that they had some soft schedules to start the year. Okay, so there is comparison here. Guaranteed. I guaranteed that 23 of the seasons they didn't play the hardest schedule in the league. And this season in 2019, it just became really easy. Have they benefited from an easier schedule? Yes, but over the history of this team, this is the fourth best start the LA Galaxy have ever had um and that's saying something they are now a plus 3 on the goal differential 9 goals for 6 goals allowed so you're starting to see who the players and pretenders are in the western conference lafc definitely a player uh, Seattle Sounders right now, definitely a player. Um, you know, I think FC Dallas is probably going to be there. Sporting Kansas City has only played five games and they have been focused on the CCL. So you can't, on the CONCACAF champions, like you can't sit here and say that, oh, sporting is at seventh and you can just sort of write them off. You better not write them off. Sporting Kansas City is a ridiculously good team. Um, and so you expect them to be there. So are the LA Galaxy in our minds, you know, the top five in the Western Conference? Yeah. Is the Houston Dynamo one of the teams that maybe is a pretender right now? Could be. Could be, but we don't know that. It, from what it looks like right now, they're 2-0-1 at home, and they're 1-0. Um, excuse me, yeah, 2-0-1. This is a team that's played four games. You don't know yet. That's one of those that's sort of iffy. But they have 10 points from four games, and they have a higher points per game total than the LA Galaxy, 2.5 to 2.4. So you're starting to see the Western Conference fill in. And so what you are seeing is the bottom dwellers. Um, the San Jose Earthquakes, who got their first win over the Portland Timbers, just embarrassed the Portland Timbers, which is nuts. Uh, Portland being dead last in the Western Conference, tied with the Vancouver Whitecaps, dead last. You're talking about two teams, the LA Galaxy have beat. Again, The 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 the... the stats and metrics don't stack up great for the la galaxy when you look at who they beat but they've still won those games and getting this fast start right now is more important than worrying about what the level of quality that they have beaten right now that's that's a simple thing take the points now okay this the schedule is going to get harder everybody knows that okay but for right now for the la galaxy they're doing what they need to do they're they're attacking in the areas that they need to attack They're winning games that they need to win they're making adjustments whenever they make mistakes. I mean, you're going to go up against a, a Philadelphia team this Saturday, and we're going to have a live Thursday show, so don't worry. Th- Thursday show will get you ready for you know the LA Galaxy versus the Philadelphia Union. That will happen. Um, but you are looking at the Philadelphia Union coming in. Who are a good team right now? Just beat FC Dallas. Philadelphia was home. FC Dallas on the road. Um, you have a Houston Dynamo team that is, as we said, sort of a question mark that is coming um, on Friday, April 19th. So that's coming in. You have a Minnesota team who you have already played and who you have already beat, but you have to go to their brand new stadium and play them on Wednesday, April 24th. You have Real Salt Lake, who always plays the LA Galaxy very tough and is sort of in that middle unknown section right now of the Western Conference standings. So that's something to look at. You have New York Red Bulls away you have Columbus away. I mean, you know, again, the schedule is going to get harder for the LA Galaxy. Um, everybody's well aware of that. But right now, the best thing they can do, <coughs> excuse me, the best thing they can do is put together a schedule or, or put together these wins early, so that way the schedule that gets harder whenever it comes to you know these these later times is is still. Um, you know, there's some cushion there. And so getting as many points as you can right now is a good thing. And the Galaxy are doing what they have to do. And like I said, historically, there aren't many teams that the LA Galaxy have ever had that have scored this many points. So it's worth noting that for the LA Galaxy and looking at what the Galaxy are trying to do right now, that they're accomplishing their early goals. Um, You know, uh, again, three consecutive wins is nothing to sort of laugh at. Um, They had three consecutive wins last year. What happens whenever they get to four four consecutive wins? Oh well, that's that's a much longer story that needs a lot more research, but I don't think it happened last year. So and it probably didn't happen in 2017. So do you have to go back to 2016 uh, under Bruce Arena? Was that did they have four wins in a row in 2016? So a little bit of research, but we'll wait for the LA Galaxy actually to do that uh, those four wins and see how that goes. But I think for me, if you're looking at this this particular. Vancouver game you have to go back and, and sort of you know assess who had good games in this and who didn't we'll say Shelvick didn't have a good game and I know some of you are like beating on the radio of course he didn't have a good game um, I thought Felcher did fine I thought Stares was solid I thought Romney and Shelvick together were not great on that side but I thought they grew into it and I thought Dave Romney was fine after a while um, Joe Corona uh, again, another solid performance. The the fact the LA Galaxy put together a midfield under Guillermo Berescoloto after getting rid of Ola Kamara um, and putting one together with somebody like Joe Corona coming in is is astonishing because he has been lights out amazing so far. Um, and he doesn't, he's not going to show up on the score sheet, but if you are watching this team right now, Joe Corona has to be one of your favorites. If, he, if you are looking for a name to put on the back of your jersey right now, Joe Corona is one of those top candidates in my mind for you to be putting on your back. Jonathan Dos Santos, Another strong game. I thought he was fine. Looked good. Sebastian Legette, a little quiet for me. Would have liked to see him more involved in the offense. I want to see Corona more involved in the offense. Uh, Antuna had a quiet night, but was perfectly serviceable. Alessandrini had a rougher night, but we've been seeing that from him. And I imagine that it's only a matter of time, perhaps against Philadelphia, that he sort of gets that mojo back. Ibrahimovic, you know, a goal and assist. Okay, there you go. That's all you need to know. I'm not one of these people who believes that Ibrahimovic saved the LA Galaxy in this game. And certainly there were some of those hot takes. Um, This was a good team effort for the Galaxy. The fact that they're using Ibrahimovic is exactly what they should be doing. Uh, He's probably the most dangerous goal scorer in Major League Soccer um i'm sure that there would be people arguing that maybe Wayne Rooney is that guy or maybe Carlos Vela is that guy and certainly you can make arguments for all of that but they none of those have the physicality that Ibrahimovic does and so he's able to force things into happening more than just creating uh chances all the time he can force that ball into the back of the net so that's sort of my take on that Vancouver game and and what it means and i think if you're a Galaxy fan right now obviously you're happy uh, obviously, it's making for a better week for you whenever the LA Galaxy went on Friday. But it's crazy that they won on Friday, and it feels like it's Monday now, and it feels like it's you know a year later. Um, so that's you know just something to sort of keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, we talked about Polenta. We talked about you know Dave Romney getting his first start of the year. Remember, Romney didn't start at all um coming into this year at all he he got in fact he got his first minutes of the year um for this start and the last time he started was in the very the season ending game on october 28th in that 3-2 loss against the the houston dynamos so it was interesting to see that we started about we talked about zlatan ibrahimovic playing on turf last time he played on turf was october 21st 2018 in that 3-1 win at minnesota but he also played in a 1-1 draw against the Portland Timbers is he came on and played 18 minutes as a sub. If you remember that, that was sort of his first foray on a turf. And after that, he was like, "Ugh." after the game, Ibrahimovic talking about how he hates turf, um, how he thinks it's not part of football and it shouldn't be part of football. But the turf here in Vancouver wasn't as bad, um, was his basically was his basic take on it. Look at the foul, 48 seconds in. You look at the penalty kick saved by Bingham in the second minute. All of these things add up to an LA Galaxy win. But uh, again, we talked about it and I opened with it. If Ali Adnan puts that ball in the back of the net, it's one nothing. The Galaxy probably lose that game. I think you can say that they battle back and they do as best they can in that, but it changes the complete complexion of that game. Um, Ali Adnan did himself no sir no. He he made himself no new fans uh, with Vancouver Whitecaps fan whenever he didn't bury it. And if you looked where Bingham was, um, you had you had seventy five percent of the other direction uh, to to go at. So. Uh, Ali Adnan, you know, he you can almost say he lost this game for Vancouver. Vancouver had their chances, but after that, there was nothing quite as clear as whenever, uh, whenever David Bingham's laying on the ground to his left after thinking that there's going to be a penalty kick that direction, and he still has time to get to his knees and scramble back to his right and stop the ball from going over the goal line. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, so I, I did like um, one final note sort of on the game is I did like, uh, you know, Joe Corona getting a little more involved in the offense. I think he had a couple shots. Um, you want to see that from from him more, and you want him to be. You need somebody in that triangle. You need somebody in that triangle to be a scoring threat. You have to have that. If you don't have that, you're going to lose. Um, you know the ability to just just continue to find goals and, and to open space because if people think you're not going to shoot or if you've shown that you're not going to shoot and you're not going to score then they're not going to mark you as tight and that means that there is less space for somebody like um, Antuna or less space for Alessandrini Drini cutting inside or or less space for Zlatan Ibrahimovic and so you need somebody you need to legit legitimately needs to be a goal scorer on this team and he needs to score a goal here soon so that way he can start to understand that with Zlatan running in front of him and with all those other things that yes he's a great passer and he can do it but if he starts scoring goals, now you have to watch Ibrahimović. You have to watch Alessandrini, Drini. You have to watch Antuna. And you have to watch Legette. And then Joe Corona coming behind for the late run. I mean, the Galaxy have been doing such a good job of pinching on the defensive side of things. That they're getting turnovers high up the field. They're also doing such a good job of pressing forward on the counterattack that there is so much room for a late run for somebody like Joe Corona or Jonathan Dos Santos. I think that's the next evolution of this team is to start hitting that second level of midfielders um, that are coming in behind the play uh, to be able to score and to let Zlatan clear some traffic for you, to have him go in there and run to the near post and have a backtracking sort of curved run towards that back post where you could find a guy like Joe Corona who's wide open and could then fire in. So those are the things you're looking. There still needs to be evolution here because if you saw the first half, you can't be happy with how the LA Galaxy put things together. Um, That first half was bad. The second half was good. Not to make things too simplistic here, but the adjustments the LA Galaxy made, and Zlatan alluded to this a little bit. He said, you know, maybe they got tired, speaking about the defense. Maybe they got tired because they, you know, gave 110% in the first half. And it seemed like with how good Vancouver played in the first half, that's a real possibility, that they gave it all and they didn't have the stamina. And we had talked earlier in the preseason about the LA Galaxy and Javier Valdecantos and how he could possibly, you know, help them win a game just by the training that he's doing. And this very well could be one of those games. The Galaxy had the gas in the tank at the end. Vancouver didn't. So if you're trying to assess that, you're trying to take a look at that, you have to say the LA Galaxy are a ridiculously talented team right now. um, And they're a team that is uh, winning the games that are put in front of them. You know, again, I don't think any all of these games have been perfect. I think Minnesota was the most perfect game the Galaxy probably had, and there was 20, you know, 30 minutes where they scored two goals. Is this game more perfect than Minnesota? Maybe. Maybe not. Minnesota scored a whole bunch of goals in, in little sport, spurts there. You know, is this game better than the Portland game? Maybe. Maybe not. Again, just in, in terms of how Portland played, and the reason that, you know, I was so impressed is Portland played to draw that game. At least Vancouver came to win. Um, and so, you know, going up to Vancouver there in front of their home fans, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic basically thought it was a home game with as many people who were cheering for him and they were out there. Um, so looking at all those, you sit there and say, okay, you know, we, we get it. We, we get what sort of comes from this. And, and so I think the galaxy felt comfortable in, in Vancouver. I think they grew into the game. I think their passing was better in the second half. I think their spacing was so much better in the second half. Um, and really, all those fast breaks that Vancouver was able to get out on in, the, in that first half really did sort of die down in the second half. Um, and so, you again, it's the adjustment of tactics. It's enforcing in players into different zones. By shifting your starting position, you can move players around the field. So that's something uh, that you sort of want to keep an eye on. All right. I think that's going to be about, does it? I know we would probably, you know, usually spend a lot more time talking about, uh, you know, rumors. Well, the only rumor that's out there right now is Giancarlo Gonzalez, and we still expect him to come into the LA Galaxy, whether that happens while I'm here at my conference or, or maybe they're nice and they wait until I get home. But, you know, that still seems like that's going to happen. Um, you know, outside of that, there we haven't seen any offensive rumors that have really warranted a big sort of, st- any sort of talking about, and I think we're sort of waiting for that because this is... Ultimately, why the LA Galaxy went out and got another international slot. They have somebody in mind. They want to bring in and admit somebody besides Giancarlo Gonzalez. So, that's where the LA Galaxy sit. Um, a little bit of a longer week now. Uh, the LA Galaxy don't play until Saturday when they will take on the Philadelphia Union. Um, coming up Saturday, April 13th, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Um, and then, of course, that game broadcasts on Spectrum Sportsnet. Let's touch on Spectrum real quick because I've been doing some digging and we've been sort of trying to figure it out. Um, we know about blackouts. So we know how blackouts work. When the game is on Spectrum SportsNet, anything that is in um you know that LA defined LA area, which includes parts of San Diego and I think um Las Vegas. Yeah. I don't make up these rules as a Spectrum territory thing. Um but uh I know Spectrum's in Las Vegas cuz I once saw my face on on a Spectrum broadcast in a in a, a, a casino in Vegas whenever I was going to eat. Um yeah, I know name dropping. That was totally awesome. Totally smooth the way I just uh, shoved that in. But they're being blocked out. So we know when the game is on Spectrum Sportsnet that the game is going to be blocked out, uh, blacked out. And usually, what happens is that means that you can't find it on ESPN Plus unless you use some sort of alternative technology such as VPN, which I cannot suggest because that's illegal. Um, but if you want to go and, and try to find it, that you have to find workarounds in order to watch it on ESPN Plus. So it's not going to work. You're going to get blocked out. Um, So, during that blackout session, what happens is that basically that broadcast cannot hit ESPN+, and so it doesn't show up on the website. It'll show up for out-of-market, it's just your geography will let it happen. So, I actually watched the Vancouver game um, on ESPN+, Plus because I was in Denver at the time. So, I was able to watch it on ESPN+, and didn't have to go through Spectrum, and their alternative channel, and blah, 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 all the other eroded BS that sort of happens with that uh, particular television uh, network now. It used to be and even as little as last year, even when ESPN took over for MLS Live. Remember, MLS Live was once run by the league. Um, and then they sold it to ESPN Plus for a good fee. Um, ESPN Plus, I think, is a great option. At $5 a month, it's the cheapest thing I think you can do. And there's a ton of soccer on it. In fact, uh, it sounds like the U.S. Open Cup is also coming to ESPN Plus, which is awesome. So all the games of the U.S. Open Cup uh, would be will be on ESPN Plus. I, I think that's a great value. So you're seeing that. So what happened on with Vancouver is the game is blacked out. You can't watch it on ESPN plus. You have to watch it on Spectrum. Okay. Now last year what would happen is after that game was over, twenty-four to forty-eight hours from then. Um, the blackout would be released and then you could watch a streaming version of that game and rewatch the game. And it was really helpful for people like me who like to do their homework, watch the game over again. Um, And this was really why, you know, MLS live was created was to, to have this repository of streamed games. You can go back and find a game, you know, from a very long time ago and watch that game. And it allows you to, to do your homework on teams and watch teams and, and do all this stuff. Well, The problem is now that last year, after 24 to 48 hours, they would have released that blackout. This year, they will not be releasing the blackout. Um, Talking to the LA Galaxy, I was told specifically that like all uh, local stations, the blackout will hold. So whether or not this is um, for all or whether it's not, uh, you sort of have to figure it out. Now, I'm a Spectrum subscriber, so you would think, well, Josh, you can just go online and watch a streaming version replay of that game. And the answer is no, you cannot, because Spectrum in sort of their diluted um, offering. And maybe they never offered it. Maybe this is something that has evolved and was never part of it, and they're certainly not going to add it now because they're spending, you know, 5.1 or 5.5 million dollars a year on the LA Galaxy, and they're getting, you know, Jack, we've talked about the ratings. It's it's bad. But I also have to imagine the ratings are bad because the games aren't being offered in places where people want to watch them either. Uh, putting it on an alter- al- the alternative um, Spectrum Sportsnet channel because the Lakers were playing, also doesn't help. I get it. I'm not stupid. The Lakers are a bigger property draw than uh, the LA Galaxy. But a late-season Lakers game that is that has no playoff ramifications because the Lakers aren't in it, um, that has no LeBron James because he's not playing right now. So all those things added together says that, you know, the Galaxy switching over to an alternate, alternate channel, you know, means less people watched it. Bottom line. So you want to complain about the the ratings on it. Well, yeah, you probably cut the viewership in half. And now they're not releasing the 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 blackout and there's no place to stream it on Spectrum's website. If you go to Spectrum's website even if you're a subscriber and you want to rewatch the game, you can find highlights, but I can find highlights on the MLS app. You can find a you can't find a condensed game. That's only on the MLS app. Uh you can see you can see some some Galaxy news and some videos that they throw up there, but you're not seeing the ability to replay the entire game. That's ridiculous. In this day and age, one is, if you're not going to offer that, you're not gaining any, you're not losing viewers because people aren't going to stay up to watch a replay of the LA Galaxy game uh, that you're going to have to DVR that has commercials in weird places whenever you replay the game. It's just, it, it doesn't happen. So if you're not going to provide a stream for it, at least lift the blackout after 24 or 48 hours. Everybody knows the results by then. This isn't a a shock or a surprise, or it shouldn't be. And, you know, I know that the LA Galaxy are caught in sort of a a catch-22 here, and it's the fact that they have, I think, the most lucrative uh, TV deal in Major League Soccer. Again, 5.1 or 5.5 per year, and it runs through, I think, the last year is 2021. So, they have this ridiculously lucrative deal, but they can't. What can they do with it? Um, you know, they used to have some great pregame shows and they used to have all this backstage Galaxy stuff. And, you know, that's just eroded away and gone away because the ratings weren't there, because they made a big play Spectrum, Time Warner, uh, Charter, however you combine those companies. Uh, it was originally Time Warner and then Spectrum, and I think Charter was part of that at 1.2, as, uh, as Spectrum bought them. Um, so, when you look at that and and you say, you know, you know, what's happening is, is that, you know, Spectrum invested all this money and they're not getting anything for it. So then the LA Galaxy are getting punished, but at the same time for the Galaxy, they're also getting five point something million dollars a year, which is a great amount of money to be adding to your bottom line every year. So there's a, there's this feeling that you can't just do You can't just get rid of this contract. In fact, if I'm the LA Galaxy, I'm saying, no, 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 no. You stick out the contract because you have, you know, through this year is 5.5 million dollars through next year is 5.5, you know, so you added up 15, 16 million dollars that you still are owed. And I don't know anybody who's willing to write off the 15 or $16 million even if the coverage is less than stellar anymore. And that's not anything on Joe Totino or Kobe Jones uh, who do a wonderful job of, of, the, of the game actual presentation. And the game itself looks fine, except if you're on the alternate spectrum channel, then it looks like it was run through uh, some sort of rabbit ears in order to get to you. So that's, that's the, the big issue here with this television contract is for the Galaxy, they're of two minds. You want it to be more accessible to everybody. And certainly, I know that I got frustrated on Friday night trying to direct people to the right place. And the fact that people were asking me and not the LA Galaxy means the Galaxy have a serious information problem. Um, and they have had an information problem. The fact that people don't know where to go to get a Galaxy game is a problem. That's why, uh, again, I've been a big proponent of it and something we've talked about. The LA Galaxy and and Major League Soccer, it looks like Major League Soccer said, hey, everybody, and this is all teams, not just the Galaxy. Hey, everybody, don't renew your contracts through 2021. All right, we want to stop it. There can be no local broadcast contracts past 2021 because we want to package these. We want to put them all in one place, and we want to see if somebody wants to bid on them. And that could be somebody like ESPN Plus who's like, "Yeah, yeah, we want them all. And that means in market, out of market, it doesn't matter. You know where to go to watch a game. If you have, and, and I'm sure there'll still be some nationally televised games, maybe maybe on ESPN. Maybe ESPN takes all of the bidding and, and it's not a joint bid this time by Fox. But if that's the case, best case scenario, everything's in one place. You don't have to worry about anything you know where to go to watch a game. If you want to watch soccer, you go to ESPN plus, which is what I do on the weekend, but you still have to like figure out where the LA galaxy are playing and whether or not it's in market, out of market, nationally televised or anything else in order to figure that out. If you could just simplify that and say, listen, your team is playing. It's on ESPN plus. That's it. Just go there. That's where the team, it doesn't matter if you're in market, out of market, where you're watching from, you will be able to watch your team and the rest of the league play. I don't know about you, but that sounds like such a ridiculously great deal um, that I'm willing to pay, you know, actual money for it because for, for a research side of things, having the ability to stream games and look at games um, and rewatch things and watch condensed games and have it all be, you know, easily put on your Apple TV or on your, uh, you know, your, your Roku or, or whatever streaming service order sort of you have connected to your television to be able to do that and do it seamlessly and easily and to know where that always is. Again, if there's a game on, you know where to find it. It's that simple, and I think that drives the viewership and, it, and increases ratings of, of all of these games if you put it in front of and in the most accessible way. And that accessible way now is streaming. Let's be honest. It's streaming, um, and it probably will be streaming. And yeah, that'll mean that some people who have legacy televisions uh, won't get to watch the Galaxy because you know they don't know how to do streaming and the percentage of people that I imagine you would lose would be so small because it's already such a small percentage of people who watch the LA Galaxy games um, whenever you're talking about on, the, on television because the ratings are bad. We know that. Um, but this has a chance not to alienate a fan base because right now the LA Galaxy and Spectrum are alienating a fan base. And again, I don't know the, how much the LA Galaxy can do Um, certainly there's some contractual obligations that Spectrum has to abide by, and I'm sure there's some contractual obligations the LA Galaxy have to abide by, but either way, something needs to be done about this television thing. And I'm not sure the Galaxy can afford to wait till after the 2021 season, um, which is interesting because again, who's going to give up the 15 or $16 million, but Spectrum could be a, um... A nice player, which we know they're not a nice player anywhere else, and allow ESPN to lift the blackout on theirs. So that way, we could actually watch replays and have streaming replays. Or they could provide streaming replays themselves. Or they could provide provide a streaming option that covers all of their channels and not just one channel. Because that's what happens. You can usually stream the game on Spectrum on their website. It's not great, but you can do it. You can stream that game but only if it's on the main spectrum channel, not if it's on the alternate and how they can't figure out how to put a different stream into a website. Seems like a technology company and a, and a broadcasting company would be able to figure that out. That has not been the case so far. All right. That has not been the case. So uh, again, doing some more digging on this, but right now it feels like spectrum just, you know, just wanting to play hardball because they can, or not wanting to put the effort into it. Um, quite honestly, that that could also be it. All right. LA Galaxy have a game coming up on Saturday, April 13th, 7.30 p.m. Kickoff time against the Philadelphia Union at Dignity Health Sports Park. The game will be on Spectrum, but you can always get around the the ability to not see it on Spectrum. Or if you don't have Spectrum, you can always get around that by just going to the game. 7.30 p.m. Saturday night. Really, a a good Philadelphia team is coming in, and on Thursday, I think we're going to have a better chance at at sort of taking a look at what we're going to be what we're going to be able to see from Philadelphia, and uh, and how that affects the LA Galaxy. All right, again, uh, I am off in location right now. I'm in New Mexico in a hotel room. Um, I'm way on a conference for my real job, so I wanted to make sure I gave you this update on Monday. Don't want to miss this out, and and make sure that everybody gets uh, sort of at least my thoughts on the Vancouver game. And you know, and as far as news wise, it, it sort of seems that that's where we're at right now. It doesn't seem like there's any big break. Breaking news. Um, there's nothing else really that we need to look at in terms of you know what's happening and anything else that pops up between now and Thursday will of course be listened to and and talked about on Thursday. So we got a bunch of stuff still to go over on that Thursday show. Uh, I'll do my best on getting a great, competent co-host so that way you're not stuck with hearing me for all by myself for another week. But hopefully this did enough of a job to get you through your Monday, uh, to get you through your Tuesday as you get ready for the game on Saturday and again, a live show on Thursday, uh, cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the live button. All right, I think that about does it for me. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESMAN, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, head on over to the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com, where you can click on our shop button for all of our t-shirts, our stickers, all sorts of fun stuff. And of course, I'm willing and, and ready to see you guys out on Saturday for the game. So make sure you stop by and say hi. All right. I think that about does it. I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box in New Mexico this time. Uh, hope everybody has a safe week, and we will catch up with you on Thursday. Have a great one, everybody. Tonight. Feeling overwhelmed by fear and iron will. Astonished by the strings of either side.